It's the Cabbages Podcast Network. All right, what's up? This is Archer Ball Slim, and you're listening to the Cabbages Hip Hop Podcast. so excited to introduce our guest for today's show. Joining us now is Archibald Slim. You may know the rapper from his role in the Awful Records crew, with which he dropped such projects as He's Drunk and Last Days in the Barrio. His most recent album is called Fell Asleep Praying, available on Bandcamp and wherever music is streamed or sold. Hello and welcome to Cabbages. What's up? Uh, we are covering, I think, maybe the finest film we've watched all season, perhaps the uh, best of the bad movies uh, from this season. We are... I don't know. I don't know. to set me up. What? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. You, you, know, you had we to... set him up. How do we set you up, Archie? Uh, set me up to get canceled. <laughs> to get canceled. <laughs> we set you up to get canceled? Yeah. Well, that seems a little... I don't harsh, even don't know. Nah, I don't know how... I don't even remember him being in this. I know I seen it like once when I was younger. Okay. I don't even remember him being in this movie. Also joining us is Carla Rodriguez. She's a pop culture journalist currently writing over at Complex about all manner of entertainment, including film and television. She also happens to be a bona fide Benefer expert. Welcome to the show. Hi, Gary. How are you? Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. Thrilled to be talking about this. Say they made this movie now. Just like they, that, they wouldn't even let him play that part in that movie. The, this movie wouldn't get made now for so no, many it would not. Absolutely it would not. not at all. Absolutely not. I'm actually surprised that a movie with a character like Justin Bartha's, which again, I mean, that's the elephant in the room, really. It's just <laughs> like, what the fuck, Justin Bartha? What? It was completely unnecessary for the movie they was trying to make. Like it could have been, it could have been anything else. They kidnapped him for what? The first thing they did was say their real names when they got in the house. Mm-hmm. So it didn't even make no sense from then on. <laughs> he was like repeating it over and over again. Yeah, like, like he so knew he the name. Went, <laughs> he just like kept he's, he's going home to be like, oh yeah, I was with my friends. He's just going to say their name. Justin Bartha was in Atlanta this season, like on Atlanta, the, the TV show. And yeah. uh, I talked to him about it. And to start, I was like, listen, I, I watched G Lee and I, I love it. I was like, I know a lot of people hate it. He was like, you do? He's like, thank you so much for saying that. He said that movie was like, um, he said it was a really tough time for him after that because <laughs> of the role that he played. And like, it was really difficult for him to like deal with people's reactions. And I guess like 
that movie was the butt of all the jokes in late night for months it seemingly never ended but but he wasn't the butt of the joke they were going for j-lo and ben they were going for their jugulars more than anything else like i just the way that they went at it but like justin bartha was like he was still like a pretty fresh face right in terms of like hollywood in terms of being in big movies at that point like this was supposed to be like this is a big deal movie to be in to kind of be in something that's being as 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 by the time that and obviously his career continued and he's he's kept it much to like some people's surprise how old I mean, was he when this when this movie came out? I'm pretty sure it was his first um, movie, if I'm not mistaken. If it, it was like uh, it was pretty pretty early on in his career, so I think. But I, I think for the most part, I the it was just the role that he played that people weren't yeah happy with him playing. You know, so yeah. I think that's what the the backlash that he kind of had to deal with. But then he went on to make National Treasure, and then he was great. Yeah. So they, fine you know i understand like you've got the backlist but like yeah like he did national treasure the first natural treasure movie is the next year 2004 so you know it was maybe a a a brief blip but like he does national treasure then part two and then of course he's in the hangover movies you know somewhere in all this they tried to give him a tv sitcom and it's like that you know i kind of missed i this might be the first time i've ever heard of this human i think he tried to do the leonardo dicaprio (laughs) right that's exactly what i was going to say is that this is how leo started yeah. And I guarantee you, whoever sold him on this script used that line. You're like, oh, you're going to get an Oscar nomination from me. That's right. That's right. Like, we smell Oscar. It's Ben. It's Jennifer. It's huge. It's got heart. Mm. All of which, only one of the things is false there. It's, it's, got, a, it's, got, a, it's got a guy named Lewis in it. It uh, does. Who, it's got a gangster poet. It's <laughs> Christopher Walken. Like, how can you? That's the thing. I, I don't understand what, what the hate. <laughs> For this movie was it's not that bad i've seen bad movies in my lifetime and that was not the worst like it's like to be called the worst film of all time i don't know it would it didn't have anything to do with the kidnapping like if for, for for if you look at when you go to watch the movie it's like oh it turns into a battle of the sexes like what did they have to kidnap somebody for to try to get this point across but then they still didn't really do anything the kidnapping is treated until they're required to cut off a thumb. The kidnapping is treated as just like kind of but a, even that was stupid because they supposed to be professionals. You know, if you cut somebody's finger off, all they yeah. gotta do is check the fingerprints. And they're like, Oh yeah, they're not gonna know we're gonna save this kid's well, finger. <laughs> it all sets up this like incredible I mean, we're kind of bouncing around, but it sets up that incredible Al Pacino speech where he basically points out all of the flaws in the film. Yes, yes. In a speech. He just came in and everybody like Hey, he was like, here, did you stupid. really think this was going to work? And they're both it like, made it. It made shit. it worth watching. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, that, OK, I'm not tripping. Like everybody is just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you. Pacino's monologue is wonderful. And it is a testament to the screenwriting. It met a commentary on the film by this character. By this yeah. incredible actor, like he comes back and he's like, "Here's everything that everyone has been yelling at the screen for the past hour and a half." That exactly. You guys, Here it is back at you succinctly, except there's also a gun in your face. <laughs> that's the difference. <sighs> I see you. Th- I feel like that's really the point. I feel like, uh, like Geely uh, himself was like he wasn't somebody that any that anyone took serious. You know, like they kind of no. just looked at him as like a joke. So and then and he sent, was. Like, he was exactly and so then they went and got jennifer lopez to be like oh i'm the professional i'm gonna step in and she was just as stupid as he was i mean really <laughs> exactly they really they just doubled down on fucking up. 
a lot of bad decisions. It was the blind leading the blind, really. So I mean, this this movie seemed to exist. It, it seemed to exist to like become a vehicle for like fifty monologues. Yeah. Like every thirty seconds, it was it's monologue time. And then somebody would like what she know, was talking about, gouging the eyes out. Yes, yep, that's a great monologue. Example. When they have conversations, almost entirely in monologue at some point. I mean, there were some amazing monologues that come from that. Like I feel like the first like forty minutes of the movie is banter, and then yeah. it switches to monologue mode. So it's right. a lot of like I'm quipping at you, you're quipping at me. I'm yelling. I'm going to be soft and threatening. Like there's a lot of like there's a lot of dynamics, and then it just turns into like on the back half of the script, it turns into just like it's kind of after they pages meet his and mom. pages of uninterrupted. Yeah, after you meet his mom, like pages and pages of just uninterrupted speech monologues i think they think the monologues was going to save it it's like how you when you watch like pulp fiction or something and they just sitting there telling these stories for 20 minutes and don't got shit to do with nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> they were supposed to draw you in enough for you to remember oh this is what they was talking about but yeah then it's you like- get back to the movie and it's like what the fuck is going on the kid is in they leave him in the house by itself like None of this don't make sense. If he wanted to go home that bad, he would have just left. They would have had the time up from the time they got in the house. It, it's so important to remember that the person who basically tasked them with this is Lewis, who himself is clearly an idiot. Yeah. I mean, we learned that just from the idiocy of the plan. Uh, we learned that, that from with. like the first conversation he has with unnamed businessman. X, right. <laughs> where he's just like a man who owes get money. The fuck out of here. Like he's yeah. just so ridiculous and I, over the I, top. I can't talk to you anymore. I, I don't want to see you anymore. <laughs> but it's like he's already presented as this like incompetent, yes. essentially. And the fact that he springs this idea upon somebody who just failed him on a job, like failed to bring him his full, the full money he was owed in the dry cleaner guy. Yeah, you already thought he was stupid. So why would you let him do Strike it? one. Now I'm going to give you the hardest of the jobs. I'm going to give you the most difficult of the jobs. You're going to you're going to kidnap this person. And like now I'm entrusting like my my future with this is it kidnapping if someone is like yes i will go with you and is an adult i mean i, I mean, guess i it, know that this person was of limited capacity he wasn't allowed to leave so it's right. a kid okay like okay it's not like he mm. came with you from recording this, like there's a whole series where he was like i want to leave i want to go home i want to go home and he kept yelling at him yeah so even even still like the first time he came in there he touched me he freaked the fuck out right so right. like if that one time he freaked out and he just didn't freak out no more. It was just regular after that. He was cool, sleeping on the couch, hanging out, mm-hmm. watching TV. Yeah, watch TV, calling Australia. Like calling Australia. <laughs> the the context is there to to make these two kidnappers look like, you know, okay human beings. But if you were to tell this story in court, <laughs> it would look right. really, really bad. Right. Like if they interviewed this kid on the stand and then went back to these two and were like, did you throw him against a wall and tell him to shut the fuck up? He treated him so badly. That's the part that made me really uncomfortable about the movie. He treated him so badly. Like in the beginning, he like talked to him like he was like, it was just awful. It made me kind of feel weird about Ben Affleck. I'm like, is this how he really is? Or is he a really good actor actually? You know, like (laughs) that's a big question that we have to ask. I mean, I feel like that's like been his whole career. If people have been like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is he good? (laughs) Yes. I'm the assumption that he sucks. 
It but came out the same it. time as Daredevil, though, didn't it? Yeah, same year. Same year as Daredevil oh, and Paycheck. So like, and Paycheck. Oh, man. You got three Flop of the same Central. person in the same year. Who is he for real? Yeah. But I feel like there's also a lot of other really great actors that pretty much play themselves. Like Ben Stiller, uh, Adam Sandler, they all play themselves in movies. But I guess Clooney. they're also not playing. Yeah, yeah, you know, but they're also not like trying to make serious Tom Hanks yeah sorry everybody I, I, I couldn't quite Tom I Hanks plays Tom Hanks in I mean I felt like Ben Affleck's character in this one was he was playing it over the top you know in a lot of scenes he was overacting but like he's and, and I think that's like an, an intentional choice like I mean the, the fact that they dressed him like a guy who worked in a bowling alley was already enough to make me go <laughs> Maybe he's we should dressed, not be taking this guy so like he's seriously. doing a real big fish concert after the movie's done. <laughs> like, all right, you guys hurry up and get this scene. I got yeah. like four more monologues to do today. Then I got to yeah. run over to real big fish. Got to go sell out. You know, Yo, if, listen, uh, real quick, since we're on the subject of Ben Affleck acting, what was Ben Affleck's accent? Hey, I was, <laughs> was trying to it? figure that out because it's like when he first started what, talking, what was, he like, was he saying? Italian. Was he, he from like New about? York? It, that's what it sounds like because he go from like Italian to like like street kids and I don't I don't know it's all <laughs> over the place because it depends on what he was talking about he changed how he sounded mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that uh Jeff what do you think is uh... I have no clue yeah RG is correct it's like every scene it seems like it's different like when he's emotional he's just like hi I'm Ben Affleck and I'm very emotional but then he would like say regular things or like off the cuff stuff mm-hmm. in the background scenes. And he sounds like he's from, like he was living outside of Harlem. Yeah. So A.O. Scott in the New York Times addressed this in the opening paragraph, the opening paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's in between sentence one and sentence two. It is <laughs> In parentheses, he this is what A.O. Scott said about it. He goes, though he is a Los Angeles native, Larry's accent sounds as if he had been raised in the part of New Jersey that's just outside Boston. New Jersey. That's what it sounds like. Oh, he's from Jersey. That's yeah. This was his audition for uh, Jersey Girl. Oh, pretty much. He's, <laughs> he's coming up for that. I mean, not that he needed the audition for Kevin Smith anyway. He'd done like four movies with him at that stage. True. You're right. But, like, right. Yeah, but yeah, but the point is, it's just he like, just did his his Jersey Girl trilogy accent. It's it's such a great insult from A.O. Scott, who can do a really good job just to be like the part yeah. of New Jersey that's just outside Boston. <laughs> is That's the yeah. line. It's just like that. Just oh, like, it's, it's like you fucking suck, is what he just said there. Yeah, yeah all over the place. Like, it yeah. was amazing. It was amazing. Yes. It- I'm glad I brought that up because I've really, really, no, sure. I could not stay in the moment with this film when he was just like all over. There would be times where he sounded like he was from LA. The problem is that Justin Bartha playing this autistic character, like, mm. and doing it in is such a way. Is that what we're calling that? It's well, autistic. I'm going to tell, I'm saying, I'm using the word autistic because there is, there is a reason for right. all this. There's a reason why this sub, this plot, this subplot and what is actually a film about uh, a battle of the sexes. If you and will. the reason isn't that Hollywood is wildly insensitive to people's needs. I mean, that is a jet as a general okay, conceit, okay, but I'm okay. saying that's not the specific reason why there is a subplot in this movie. Hmm. So when, when you saw his character on screen, what was the first um, movie you thought about? Rain man. The, you know, the director, Martin Brest, who wrote and directed this movie was one of the original people slated to direct rain man. 
Ah, oh. oh, so he was uh, right. So in the his dream in the build up to that movie, which he ultimately <laughs> did not end up being in, end up end up directing. He did research, spent time around autistic people, as did Dustin Hoffman, as did to some extent Tom Cruise. So he had this kind of research he'd done, this information. So it's very clear that he took what he had from that and forced it into this film. Because otherwise, there's very little reasons why there needs to be a kidnapping of this person. Did he also help write it? No, he didn't write it. This was like, he just like lived in that sort of world with it. Again, the the thing about Martin Brest is he's not a writer. He He wrote Geely, no? I thought he wrote it also. Yeah, he wrote Geely. And before that, he hadn't done a movie since the night. He hadn't written a movie since the 1970s. He'd written like a George Burns, Art Carney crime caper from like 79. Which Guaranteed that sucks. Oh yeah, I've tried watching that thing years ago. It's very hard. Oh, that's. But the thing is he had directed some very big films. He directed Mm -hmm. Beverly Hills Cop. He directed scent of a woman so like he had this like streak and he'd done some films that had done not as well but they are films that you would probably have recognized uh meet joe black with uh with brad anthony hopkins Uh, that's one too though yeah and that one that one i think was a a a difficult situation i had Uh, a a hankering to see that until i heard it was like 800 hours long Mm. and i was like oh no thank you yeah i don't want to know joe black that well kind of like every movie now Right, exactly. Where yeah. everything is two and a half hours all of a sudden. Who has the time? Transformers 5 started this. This movie should not have been two hours long. This movie being over no. two hours with credits and obviously with have no to, real storyline. But they're only if, if they hadn't made a 20-minute ending to this movie. It was so oh, when he was on the beach. All of it from like up from the beach to looking at a car to getting in the, the car. Just what's the one thing on the beach? What's the one thing you want to do at a crime scene when you have alerted people to the crime? Not linger. Leave. You want to <laughs> yeah. leave. You want to leave. In the same thing. You want to leave the crime scene. And they never leave the crime scene. She's just like circling around in a car over and over again. And he's standing by. It's a truly unbelievable scene. That they just stand there and stand there and stand there. Well, it's like seven scenes strung together. Yeah. Like just there's so many right. bullet points. Of like the they end. filmed okay. six endings and we're like, no, nah, just put them all in. Then Brian is like dancing at the beach. And then oh. he's like, it, it just, it took a long time for it. You're right. For it to end. The and, Baywatch. She left and she comes for back. The Baywatch. Yeah. Sorry, we should call it the Baywatch. But see, <laughs> even, even in that where it was like, I want to go to the Baywatch. And he pull out the fucking flashlight. At, like he talking on the Fuck. phone with somebody. Oh my god! Did, I mean, like, I know we're supposed to assume that that Brian, that character, is supposed to have you know some some disabilities. Look, he could turn on the TV. He should he know what a flashlight Australia looks like and get the weather. Like he know how things work. He knows a flashlight. I know flashlight. People. We were we were both texting each other like, "What is up with this flashlight bit? Like this is ridiculous." It's like he might as well put his wallet next to his ear. There's no. There was reason. one time he did it where he did the flashlight <laughs> thing, and then he put the flashlight down, and like two minutes later, he answers. A, he calls someone on the phone. Yeah. And I was right. like, well, obviously this kid is going to understand the difference between the flashlight <laughs> and the like, phone. How old is he? He got a beard. He got like five o'clock shadow. 
But he he's, he knows what's going on. He has <laughs> seen lights go on and off before. He interacts with humans daily, it seems like. like and it's, it's one of the, the, there's so many choices in this film. I do want to point out, because we were talking a moment ago about the kind of length of the ending, is that like this was not, of course, the original ending of this oh, movie. It never is with that. No. Ooh, what was it? So, okay. So this is a little segment I like to call the movie we didn't get to see. Uh-huh. So the film's original ending had Ben Affleck's character shot dead by corrupt cop Christopher Walken. So it would have made sense that he was there in the first place. It also included a reveal that J-Lo's Ricky was not actually a contractor, but a wannabe, and that her girlfriend Robin was actually a contractor. Oh. So that she was a decoy. See, that might have been a little better. They still get to the Baywatch. Affleck still gets him to the Baywatch, and he basically watches Bartha dance while bleeding to on the beach. And of course, he's dancing to Jennifer Lopez's "Let's Get Loud." No way too. The original (laughs) ending of this film is that. Needless to say, test audiences rejected that ending. Why? They rather see them drive into the sunset together. I don't know. That's, I mean, that seems I mean, like likely, right? Him laying there dying, like, ah, he got to go to the big watch. Yes, that's what he's bleeding, watching yes. him dance. Like, in broad daylight, though, he wouldn't have been dancing if somebody got shot. Somebody, they would have scattered. Right. You would think that people are like, maybe the music was too loud. The way that it was is he, oh. got, he gets shot earlier and then brings. Oh, it's Brian like a hero no. shooting. It's not so like, like he was shot in like a warehouse. And so he's dying and driving. Drives into the Bay Watch and then like a uh, man on fire, like Denzel yeah. Washington in the back of the car. Got it. <laughs> there okay. you go. There you go. Uh, so okay. yeah. So okay. that's so that's that. I mean, look the the reality. The reality. I don't think is, that helps the film all that much, to be honest with you. I'm just trying to explain like how we get to that point. No, totally. Did you know that Jennifer Lopez was not the only actress approached for the female lead role? Who else? I mean, go ahead. A uh, post-Swordfish pre-Monsters Ball Holly Berry huh. was set for the role as far back as 2001. Oh. With Swordfish, that kind of looked like it would have made sense. What kind of butterfly effect are we looking at if Benifer doesn't happen <laughs> because this movie is Halle Berry? Does he start dating Halle Berry? Because remember that Gigli is actually the Benefer origin story. They met right. on the set of this movie. As I learned from reading uh, your work, Carla. Thank you very much. <laughs> so See, you could kind of tell because it's like, no matter what he's saying and when he's talking to her, he's just looking at her and smiling. But the thing is, to me, when I watched the movie, they don't have... Okay, so I was a, a Benefer fan since they started dating back when this movie came out, but I never saw the movie because of the reviews. I was sure. like, I don't want to taint, like, like you know, like yeah. my image of them. I love them so much. I, mm-hmm. I feel like this movie's horrible. So I watched it <laughs> literally in the past year for the first time, which is what I, I told Justin Bartha. Yeah. And they have no chemistry in the movie, I feel like. None. And I guess that was supposed to be the purpose because she says she doesn't date men. She's a lesbian. She's a lesbian, and but they don't really... I was like, how can that? I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but in the movie, there's nothing, no spark, nothing between those two. In some scenes, look at him because he he literally is like saying some crazy shit, but he's just smiling at her and looking at her like you're not acting anymore. You're just looking at her smiling and talking. Right. 
So maybe not for her. Well, but he probably was like, oh, I already know. It felt sometimes like they were just giving their case. Like this was an argument and we were the judges. Mm-hmm. That's how the movie felt to me. Like they okay. were constantly arguing about stuff and we were supposed to be like, oh, well. It was I kind think, of those things. That, I like, think Jennifer people... Lopez is right, which is the end of every argument. Jennifer Lopez was right. Yeah. Because she's read books. You're also talking about this character, which again, we were trying to say, like Ben Affleck's character is presented as so loathsome from the very beginning. Right. That like it's it's a hard turn to be like, wait, am I supposed to now want to root for him? You know, and you don't. So you immediately go to, to Jennifer Lopez's character. You go yeah. to, to, to Ricky because she is somebody who has presented herself as the most decent human in the bunch of the fully uh, capable adults in this film. Like, it's like, okay, you want her, you're rooting for her. So you hear her argument and you're like, I'm receptive to what you have to say because the other side is saying I'm the, the Sultan of swing or some bullshit, mm-hmm. you know, you know, talking pure nonsense. I mean, look, I have written down a thousand quotes from this film. And hey, I, I read I, one from that. What you was just talking yeah, about. He says, quote, I am the fucking Sultan of slick Sadie. Yes. I am the rule of fucking cool. You want to be a gangster? <laughs> you want to be a thug? You sit at my fucking feet and gather the pearls that emanate forth from me because I'm the fucking original, straight, first, foremost, pimp, mac, fucking hustler, original gangsters, gangster. You read the whole thing. <laughs> oh, Lord. So That was a real thing that was said in the I film. I was in the house crying laughing when he said that shit. Original gangsters gangster. How is anybody going to be like, I want to agree with that guy's thing? And the next thing you know, you've got like Vietnamese philosophy being spewed back at him as the the retort to sexist pig. (laughs) She's, I mean, she is reading Thich Nhat Hanh. She is. And it, this is a, this is a thing that drives me completely insane. I'm sorry to derail for a second. But she's reading this and she's letting him read like paper towel rolls to the kid. Just lend him the book for a poem. Enrich this this kid's life for just a second, please. But no, no, no. no, I have to lay in bed with my book and be better than everybody. No, Jeff. Fuck that. No, they don't even have to talk to him. They're not even supposed to be talking to him. They have way too much information. It's not making her, it's not making any one of them good people to be sitting here talking to him, teaching him shit because they still kidnapped him. Yeah, read the Tabasco bottle to him again. Tell him to go to bed. I I laughed hard. I laughed so hard. It was so hard. So hard. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. I was amazed. There was a lot of great lines in this. Um, And I wrote down so many of them. My favorite line, I think my favorite line is when I know what it is. Can oh, I yeah. guess? You can guess, sure. It has something to do with Marie Callender's, I bet. No, 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 no. Oh. I'm, not, I'm not, no, no. I, I do love that so much. But we're going to talk about walking. We haven't talked yes. about the cameos in detail. We will absolutely have to get to that shortly. But um, one of my favorite lines of the film is from Brian, is from uh, Justin Bartha's character. Oh, no. uh, right after uh, Robin, uh, the oh. girlfriend, shows up at the house and um, very. He said they make my penis sneeze. No, no, no. Worse than that. <laughs> Although, he, I mean, there's a lot with that. God bless you. What do you say to his penis? That's one of my notes. Brian to his penis. God bless you. But no, after she cuts her wrists, and, you know, and there's a lot of problematic things with that whole scene. My God. Oh, for sure. Its existence is so awful. <laughs> after she cuts her wrist, Brian says, 
lady, you need some band-aids. Band-Aids. <laughs> I fucking oh, Jesus, lost why? it. I could not believe that's what he said. That was in the script. It was used. They gave him an actual joke. Most of what he gets is not a joke. He gets to do an affect. They gave him an actual joke there and it lands so well in a scene that you're just like, I just watched someone slit their wrists and the tone of this film has not changed. They're still playing the jaunty little music underneath it. Yes. The music does not change the whole movie. Never changes. No matter who, somebody dying. They cut the man's finger off with a fucking plastic knife. This stupid sprinkling masters golf tournament ass guitar music. (laughs) (laughs) It does feel like one long joke. Why it is one long joke. (laughs) You know, that's the best part. (laughs) It 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 does feel like they're like copying this. And I I was I've tried to actually since we started watches, I watched it twice. Uh, I watched it years ago. Uh, when it came out on DVD, but I watched it twice in the past uh, couple of weeks for, for this episode. And I, I started going back to like other things in this sort of genre of the kind of kidnapping crime comedy caper mm. you know, genre. Uh, Suicide Kings is one such example. Great movie. Uh, it goes back to Reservoir Dogs. You go back to these sorts of films where like the kidnapping has always had some sort of uh, angle there's the big hit which is one that i watched recently from uh, produced by john remember so mark Wahlberg, bokeem worldbine lou diamond yeah. phillips christina applegate uh yeah. laney kazan from this movie is also in it uh it is a doozy of like a hong kong style actioner but it's about kidnapping the daughter of some billionaire but i, I bring all this up walking and kidnapping kind of hand in hand yeah, think about the arc of his career. He kidnaps or is involved in being kidnapped several times. But I bring this up because specifically, we had been so, as a society, numbed to the idea of a kidnapping as something in, on film that we need to be concerned about. Now. Right. It's been a joke. It's always a joke. They're either going to fall in love or some comedy caper is going to happen or it's going to get right. real silly buddy comedy. Like th- we've been basically at that point, like, okay, we just have what it is. So by the time we got to this, it's like, okay, we're watching like things happen, like right. threatening a, a mentally challenged person, Throwing watching a woman wall. have a breakdown and try to kill herself in front of people. Like, I, I just stop and go like, why, why can't we recognize these moments as the fucked up moments they are? And it's because of that fucking music underneath. It's a hundred percent that you're like being also transplanted to the master's golf course. Because every single time it's trying to pull from... And then at the end, there's a gospel singer for some reason. Oh, the gospel at the very end? They aren't even singing <laughs> lyrics. There's just a gospel choir with no lyrics, just being like, oh, like they're ascending to heaven. When oh, all they did was die. not kill right. a, an <laughs> autistic boy that they kidnapped. They did not mutilate... A, 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 like, see, everyone yeah. cannot kill an autistic kid. Even these idiots. <laughs> There's so many musical moments, but we do have to talk about uh, Justin Bartha's rapping, I think has to be addressed. <laughs> Whose idea was it to have Justin Bartha rapping? And why was this detail shared so late in the film? But he did it a lot after he started. Yeah. Maybe it was like, oh, he had to get comfortable first. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, been there for a couple of days. Exactly. Then- like, you don't just like up and rap when you're uncomfortable, I guess. When you're kidnapped. Right. Yeah. You have to I don't know, RG, up. do you just like rap when you're uncomfortable? <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you're the expert on that. As, as the actual rapper on the episode, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. I feel like I should ask you. <laughs> it's like, okay. 
But have you seen those memes where it's like, if I ever get kidnapped, I'm just gonna ask so many questions that the kidnapper's gonna get annoyed? That was it. Just don't almost get any ransom for me. Are there other? He started I'm, like they was in the car, and he was like, "Man, I'm just so mad, I can't have you." And then he started rapping, "I need love." Yep. Oh. <laughs> so self-aware. <laughs> so so appropriate. And then of course, <sighs> his version of "Baby Got Back." Uh, that shows up as an acapella in the end credits. Did, okay, so did so did y'all make it through the credits? Because the credits are an adventure. Uh, no, I didn't. I was walking around doing. You get stuff, the I rest didn't. of you get the rest of this gospel number. Then yes. they come back in with the Masters Golf music. Then they just fade it out for no reason, and the end of the credits is him rapping acapella. No way. Is it more than one song? He just does baby got back. He just does baby got back with no background noise or nothing. He just why they felt like they had to put that in there twice because he did it exactly. Yeah, Yeah. and then they faded it back up into the music that started the film, but then was never seen again. Yeah, they was just fucking with him. Yeah, this was. I mean, they thought that was. (laughs) They think they made a comedy. They think they made a comedy. Was that all of this was supposed to be a comedy? That's really like it came out and it was like, oh, look at this new comedy. Like they called it a romantic comedy crime film. So yes. it's like, Jesus. which one is it? It's yeah. like neither, neither one of those things. There's no romance in there to me until the very end, maybe. Yeah. And even then, like the fact that there's the romance component of this is so unreasonably bad because they it thought is they was like, going to die. It was more desperation <laughs> than anything. I just couldn't understand like the idea, like, like, Ben Affleck's character talks in this repulsive way and Jennifer Lopez is playing a lesbian. But yet after like two days of knowing each other, she's like, okay, you won't cut off his thumb. I'll have sex with you. You gave me your car. Like hey. You gave me your car. What did it was ride. that simple, you know, <laughs> that you got laid every time you didn't cut off somebody's thumb. Yeah. That would I be mean, incredible. My God, you would have had sex like twice, Jeff. <laughs> I'm out here cutting off a lot of thumbs. Lot of thumbs these days. Another thing it. that people don't uh, talk about enough is how good Jennifer Lopez looked in this movie. Oh my I god! Like she always looks good, but that oh one god. scene where she's like on the floor, I was like, "Is she for real?" The like, yoga scene. Yes, like mm-hmm. yeah. also oddly when she's walking out of the hospital and abandoning her near dead girlfriend forever. We're never <laughs> going to see her again. No. We're just going to run off into the sunset with this guy. Uh, she looks incredible. The hair is <laughs> popping, things, everything's looking. I'm like, I guess you just have to forgive her. No, no she'll be all for right. abandoning you in the hospital forever. Yeah, she'll be all right. She'll be all right. She, she's got insurance. Yeah, and that's the thing I feel like for the result of this movie was people seeing like you know a Puerto Rican actress, Puerto Rican American. I mean, no, she is American, but just seeing a Latina in this role with they don't really say what her background is. Mm-hmm. But seeing her with Ben Affleck as the lead, I feel like that's what a lot of people had issues with. And I feel like he talks about a lot about how the, the media treated her and how like they said, oh, this is a bad movie just because they didn't like seeing them together. Which is, I mean, so unbelievably messed up for on, on a lot of levels, obviously. But just like, because by that point, she was an international superstar in film and music. Like this is like after her star turns in the mid to late 90s, Selena out of sight. 
Anaconda, then like the big, like big to do like the wedding planner and made in Manhattan, yeah. like big romantic comedy stuff, like really just like the thing. And this was supposed to be sort of an introduction to grittier stuff for her. And it was treated poorly all the way around. On some level, there's a, a sense of like trying to return to what she did in Out of Sight, out of opposite sight. Yeah. George Lee. But Martin Brest is not Elmore Leonard. They are not the same. <laughs> you're you're dealing with very different writers of very different skill sets but like the thing is like yeah the the bias against jennifer lopez that already existed from her relationship with with diddy how the tabloids treated her up until that point absolutely plays a role she had been maligned in a lot of ways but had still achieved tremendous success in spite of that also out of sight was directed by Soderbergh. Yeah. So I mean, look, and everything like, about that's somebody who knows how to make that kind of film. But like, yeah, like that's the it thing. Was a you perfect. A, thing. You have a professional yeah. who knows how to do it and knows how to write right. it and is and is gonna do all these parts right. And also working with amazing source material. Right. The attacks on this film, which you know, were merciless, and there's a lot of flaws with this film, but like I don't think Jennifer Lopez was one of the problems in this movie. I don't think that she actually did. I don't think she did a bad job. I don't think that she overacted. I don't think that she. She did what she had to do with this dialogue, which was like. The movie was the problem with the movie. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's like, I feel like Ben Affleck made some choices with his character, with the accent, with the delivery. (laughs) J-Lo doesn't do that. She's so charming. I feel like in the movie also, even if she's playing, uh, you know, this character that we don't really know a lot about. I feel like she's so, I don't know. She's like like the best part of this terrible movie. How does she watch that Ben Affleck performance and go, this is it right here. This is the love of my life. This is it. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna shape my life a little bit around this. They did it together. Even if you're in a situation where you're, you're in a bad movie and you know you're in a bad movie, there is a commiseration that can happen around that. And I suspect <laughs> there was a lot more professionalism in everyone other than Ben Affleck. It felt like I suspect that there's probably a sense of, of, of her and him kind of being able to agree on certain things. And the fact is like, regardless of what they were saying in some of those scenes, especially with these very monologue scenes, the way that he looks at her, mm-hmm. like there is, there is may not necessarily be like chemistry because we are talking about a movie where oral sex is called Turkey time. Like we are, <laughs> It is. It's called Turkey Time, and 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 lesbians are called what was was it? What was the the do dinosaur to, one? Do you need me to bring this up again? All right, here we go. All right, the dinosaur one. Because I got uh, this fucking beautiful, sexy, gorgeous, hot uh-huh. throbo rama, fucking smart, amazing bombshell, seventeen uh. on a fucking ten scale girl sleeping in a bed next to me. And you know what? She's a stone cold. I'm not saying that word. A fucking untouchable, unhavable, unattainable brick wall. Fucking, he, this is where he says, Dicosaurus Rex. Dicosaurus Rex, right. No. I just wanted to make sure I had it right. When somebody says that We could play you, a fun game called uh, <laughs> Slurs We Didn't Know Existed. <laughs> I've never heard such a thing as Dicosaurus Rex. Now, also, <laughs> I'd never heard, was it clam liquor? He did say that. He did Put say the that. clam liquor on. Louis said that. Yeah, did. Louis said that. Yeah. Louis, but we called him Gangster Poet. Gangster poet. Gangster poet. He's the kung fu hippie from Gangster City. That's right. Yeah. He's, mm. We're the fool he pities. Mm. 
Can we talk about the cameos now? Yes. Because that's the thing that makes this movie shine to me. And we've got Christopher Walken, Lainey Kazan, and Al Pacino who bring so much to this movie that it needed so badly. Can we like bring up our just our favorite quotes from these people? Like maybe everybody gets a quote. If you got quotes you want to say, go through it. Well, the best line in the film absolutely has to be, I feel like I'm floating. <laughs> I, I feel that. like I'm floating. <laughs> After he shoots a man in the head, is Fisher eating the guy's brains? Lewis, you want to go to medical school? Why? <laughs> Why is that the line? I mean, look, this is his monologue is so fucking incredible. He lays out the shittiness of the film and steals the show at the same time. You know how difficult that has to be? I mean, I mean, I I have the quote. I have it looking right at me. I can't do a Pacino well, so I I probably can't. There's a lot of lines. There's the wake up. This is the 20 fucking first century (laughs) is what he says to them. And he says that I'm, after that, what do you morons think? That this is Little Italy? Like, but that's still not even the best, the best bit when he goes. No, the like, best bit is go ahead. Look, uh, you guys have well, you could you, actually I'm gonna do I'll how about let's do a little role play. I'm gonna do Ben's line and then you say the next line, okay? Okay. Okay. Look, Mr. Starkman. I know my fucking name <laughs> you piece of shit. shit i can't get it out. you don't try to extort it's a federal up. fucking prosecutor and if you do you don't don't fuck, fuck around listen he, he that was straight like rick flair level wwe <laughs> delivery right. brilliant brilliant line delivery and it's like, it's moments like that where you go like, oh, that's such a, that's so well done. Because he mostly speaks in a monologue for that bit. And it just, it does such a tremendous job. Of it. And this is like, this is pure, like Pacino at this stage is like devil's advocate Pacino. Yeah. This is like post heat, post scent of a woman. He's just like chewing all the scenery. He feels I, like he's floating. He feels, I feel like I'm floating. I don't know that that was in the script. I think he just shot a guy and said that. Yeah, I think he said that. Like, <laughs> I think that's, I think that's real. And this is a guy who shot a lot of people in movies. And right. he's like, oh, yeah. I, he, it's he, meaningless to him at this juncture. <laughs> you want me to come in and be the only guy to kill somebody? Hand me the gun. Yes. Let's get it over with. The nihilism. <laughs> the nihilism. It's like you feel like that's real. That's probably Nihilistic fake killing. That probably is Al Pacino in real life. I feel like that's I a Al death metal band. Wait, I just have to say, I didn't know Al Pacino was in a movie this whole time. I was right. like, what? I, had, I had no idea because I, I refused to watch it for 20 years or so. Oh, you saying until you watched it? Yeah, until I watched yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know either. Same, was that like, was a total oh. surprise to me. Yeah, I was like, how can they call it the worst movie in the world of all time? If Al Pacino's in it, if he's in it, he's it's automatically like 20% better. Any movie is better when you have Christopher Walken in it or Al Pacino. This one had both. Yeah, yeah and you have both. There's no way like that people thought this, but I don't understand what they hate. I mean, I get it. But it's not the worst movie in the world. I think the the Brian character just allowed people to open up their their guns and fire. Yeah. Because what are they going to say? How are they going to defend themselves? What happened was they made a movie that couldn't be defended. They were defenseless. Right. And then when it <laughs> bombed and and like made back one eleventh of their budget, mm. 
then it was just open season. Just drop the biggest bomb you can on this piece of shit. Let's just crush it. I mean, every SNL had multiple skits about this terrible film. Conan <laughs> it, made a living really off a... of dancing on its grave every night. He really months. did. He really did. I feel like it also took a toll on the relationship, the the reactions and everything. You could kind of tell that it that's when the, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think we have to assign the blame where it's appropriate. I mean, I think we know that there was some talk about post this, the Ben Affleck's infidelities or mm. discussion of that, that seemed to be leading to the kind of derailment of their engagement. But like, you know, this is a film that was so viciously maligned that it basically it, its defenders were few and far between but one of them was roger ebert ebert roger ebert did not completely destroy this movie he gave, he it, gave two it two and half, thumbs down he gave it well he gave it two and a half stars in the actual review right. he gave it a thumbs down with cisco on the show right but then he said it had clever dialogue and shouldn't be destroyed like it's being destroyed yeah i agree I don't know about clever. <laughs> See, that's where I'm at. I'm like, ah, Ebert and I get like see eye to eye a lot and not so much on this. I don't know about clever, man. No. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. call it clever. It had dialogue. This movie has a lot of laughter. This movie is a giver. And I, I, it's monologue time. <laughs> absolutely appreciate what it gave me, despite the fact that this movie is hugely offensive to developmentally disabled women generally lesbians specifically asians by way of cultural appropriation i mean there's a lot of damage in this film but the reality is is we got to see the beginning of a true romance yeah the beginnings of a true real life romance happens she told him she said i still can't promise you we gonna do nothing but i at least give you a ride to the next city yeah i don't think we saw anything like, I yeah, think she just felt bad that he was going to take the blame and was like, you don't have to take the blame. You can run away. Just not very far. <laughs> <laughs> I can get you. I can get you away from the crime scene if you can tear yourself away from the Baywatch dance party. So we don't think they stay together in the end. Is that what we're, is that what we're agreeing on? No. I don't agree. I think that I think they stay together because I think they broke down. The, they made this as absurd as any romantic comedy about their prospects. These two people were on the run and they're going to probably be in close quarters for a while. I think there's a chance. I think there's a chance for them. They're going to hate each other. You think it's going to be turkey time all the time, Gary? I mean, look, I think she's uh, she's working her magic. She was already talking about putting him in mascara. I think yeah, uh, there's a lot she was doing. She was pinching his nipples and trying to tell him to try different shit already. She's going to turn him out. The emasculation is really something. You don't, see really that in, weird, you don't see that often in these movies. There was a really weird amount of her being like, but you're gay. Yeah. And him being like, but I, I'm, I'm like, I'm not. And I don't, I don't feel like I can like prove that to you right this second, but I'm not. And then like, remember that started before they had sex. Yeah. Well, again, this is before turkey you, time. My my apologies. Yeah, before turkey time. But like, you have to just accept. Like, it's like when you have two actors who I don't know Martin Brett's uh, situation. We have two actors who are not gay playing gay characters. Like, especially at that point in time, like you're gonna have some real issues right up the and gate. someone who's not autistic playing autistic. Yes, exactly. Right. In, Which in I feel that, like that that's been the the reality in Hollywood 
forever and just in the past maybe 10 years has there, mm. there been a push of actors who are actually disabled playing right. those roles and, yeah. and gay actors playing those roles or, or trans actors playing trans roles instead of right. Jared Leto dressing up you know what I mean like doing a heroic performance of an Oscar winning yeah. performance yeah. you know so it's it's, right. it's it's a whole different time now because now people are more vocal you know um mm -hmm. is there's been a shift I think which is good. So I think to really judge a movie from 2003, is it? Yes. It's also, it's maybe it's just some movies that shouldn't get made. Because mm. if you want representation in every movie, I feel like sometimes if it's a role for a gay person, they come in here and they like, oh yeah, you you clam liquor and they, it's just a bunch of little stupid shit. You got the character saying stupid shit. They probably wouldn't agree to do it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Exactly. So yeah, it probably... Exactly. I mean, I doubt their first choice was Justin else. Bartha for the role of Brian. I doubt that that's the first choice. They probably had other people in mind, and every single one of them read the script and said, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> <laughs> they no. took a young act. They took a young actor who was looking to have a big movie. They said, "Do this," and it was that point in time where you should have known better. But like, clearly, I'm sorry, but like Justin Bartha made the right choice for his career because no, he totally. steadily had a career for 20 years since then like if you're willing to do that we can put you in all kinds of weird situations that's the thing like they yeah, got totally. this like I, I i have to say at the end of the day like i mean he's not the most recognizable name or face in hollywood but like he got steady work between film and tv for years the reason you can't find any like lists of actors that they wanted to put in that role is because all the agents said no. no the actors never even got the script near no she's like because the they agents see, took a look at me like you want him for who yeah. No, I am, I mean, we already had I am sold, Sam. They could have sold that that role easily. Like, hey, this is a movie with Ben Affleck, mm. uh, Jennifer Lopez, Al Pacino, yeah. and Christopher Walken. Christopher right Walken. You know what I mean? So how do you <laughs> how do you say no to that as a young actor? And, and there's a gangster. You get the script and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's I, I understand why he said yes. Well, obviously, yeah, the temptation for a young actor like that, like, yeah, that, that's huge to be basically offered this. How could you say no to that? So someone is eventually going to say, how can you say no to that? And he says, well, I can't say no to it. I'm going to do it. And there's always the thing like you never know, especially at this time, you never know if like you're basically like about to be in the next Pulp Fiction. You're about to be in the next like hugely popular indie. And you're like, I don't know. I, it's got a star cast. It's an interesting concept. The director has made hit movies. Like, I think you can, if you're 22, 23, whoever, however Martha was when he accepted this, like, I think you kind of just have to go, yeah, I, I'm just going to go for it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a painful performance in a lot of ways to see him do this. Like, but... And it, it hurts me to like be in a position where I'm supposed to Not laugh at Not only was him. it a non-disabled actor, but it was a young like an experienced actor too yeah like it just it's, it's hit just in so many a, ways. you're not gonna hit on that character no that it's a tough sense. thing it's a tough thing but also i don't think you're gonna have a scene where you throw him up against the wall if there's an actual disabled actor there right right exactly <laughs> yeah so you're not gonna maybe do that that bit. part could have been cut <laughs> that would have been really great if they had just cut that they should have had even no, honestly that was a lot that was, it was aggressive. a lot that yeah. scene was brutal Hey, also, the whoa. scene where, uh, you know, Walken's there and he just like never walks to the one closed door and opens right. it. Right. Never once. Never once. That was annoying. Yeah. There's a whole lot of plot holes. I, I didn't get too far into plot hole city, mm -hmm. but that city is well populated. You know what I'd love to do right now? 
Go down to Marie Callender's. I knew it. Get me a big bowl, <laughs> big pie, some ice cream on it. Mmm, good. Put some on your head. What is he talking about? At that point, he loses. He's a, his you're talking like your brains out trying to get to it's it. True. <laughs> it's true. He said it. My grandfather used to say that to me when I was little. No, he did not. That's, that's a not... that's a that's a state a real that's thing. Insane. That he would he would always whenever he cooked burgers he'd say I'm gonna make some burgers for you and make your tongue slap your brains out. It's <laughs> basic. Real talk. That's a he pulled a line from the real world. That's actually a real thing. That's amazing. That's a real thing that he's heard in like some older generation tell him i'm sure because i'm certain that they came on and were like oh i won't be reading off of a script thank you no i'll, I'll be doing I, my monologue off the cuff friends i believe all of that is 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 from the <laughs> glorious mind of christopher walker <laughs> all of calendars. That. it's probably alien <laughs> adoption like you know like, it's it's that's that's chris walken that's not something anyone wrote on the script total nonsense they were just like here are three basic points you need to get across in this moment and the way he's delivering like tongue trouble he slap your brains out trying to get to it yeah like, he just <laughs> backs away from every line for like, are reason. you being aggressive <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I don't understand like are you, am i really supposed to come get the ice cream are we supposed yeah, to be scared of this cop? Because I I feel like both him and Pacino were in this movie to try and make the actors laugh. <laughs> they probably like to see did. if they could break these guys. Yeah, it's just a ma- <laughs> it's a masterclass in trying to get people to break. But you know, in like any Netflix had- mom too. What was her name? I'm sorry, Eleni Kazan. Yeah, um, yeah, she definitely. Well, she had just come was on. in it to make them laugh. Well, she just like obviously she's a Broadway person, but she also like had just done my big fat Greek wedding. Right. So she was huge get huge at that point. huge get huge like she was doing the same year she did a television series that was based on that movie oddly insulting to the idea of being a lesbian but generally uh, a hoot we do see more of her ass than anyone else's ass in the film it's true which i think right is a victory thumb. i think is a victory <laughs> but do you remember when the poster came out and people were making a big deal of like jennifer lopez like ass in the poster how it looks so big and you look at the poster now you're like huh that was what we were reacting to oh like, totally i do remember that it was just nice and right like oh that's a big ass like it just was nice <laughs> i also re- remember reading something uh in the lead up for this uh, in some of what i've read apparently there was a rumor that went around in one of the tabloids that she had actually had her ass digitally altered in the photo because it was it stuck out too much that that could have been it because it, it looked it looks fairly like regular you know? yeah it doesn't look like j-lo's uh it, usual i've seen a lot of jennifer lopez videos over the years <laughs> i am aware like the pop of culture, who i'm looking at the pop Your culture expert. ass takeover was not long after i feel like j-lo kind of ushered that in she said she called herself the original coca-cola yeah Ooh. for a reason yeah mm. exactly you know, like she's I, the one that got the most hate. They told her she was fat. They told her she in the I don't know if you watched the Netflix documentary. She talks all about how they wanted her to be a size zero and she just wasn't built that way. Yeah. And she a made zero? sure to like, yeah, she Ugh. made sure to fight back against that. Like, which is uh which Society is great. sucks. I know. And now look at that. Now it's the norm. Yeah. Now that's and the, it's every the like exactly. It's like everyone is is trying Re- to real or out. not. Yes. You know, like it's it's that's what everybody's going for. And yes. that's the thing that people don't understand. All the things that she had to deal with, all the hate that she got 
mm-hmm. just made it easier for everybody else to kind exactly. of join the party. And so that's the last thing I want to do is to to throw any hate or shade her way because I uh, I love this movie now. I have come to acknowledge that while it is severely flawed in certain ways, there's so much to love. There is in this a film. vagina monologue in the there's middle of it. about the long toe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the long toe. Sea slug or a, or a long toe. Um, I we're at the point of the show where we have to answer the fundamental question. We know this is a bad movie. It's got 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. We could we have to acknowledge that it was considered a bad movie universally. But is this a good bad movie? Do we think individually what, that this is a good bad movie? In my no. view, in my view, uh, I think I laid out I said yes. Archie, you say no. I say no. It's just, it just was pointless. Nothing that happened had to happen around these. Like, I don't, I don't know if it was supposed to be realistic or not. I don't know whether I'm supposed to take it serious. And not that, it, I don't know. I can't tell if it's not supposed to be taken serious. Like, right, like mm-hmm. the, the whole Justin Bartha shit is like, all right, I'm not supposed to laugh. But everything else is supposed to be funny, so I don't, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to get from it. I, I, I probably never watch that shit again. Carla, what are your thoughts? Is this a good bad movie? Um, it's a it's a good it's a good bad movie. I think I think there are some. It's fun. I think I have fun watching it. I literally was watching the whole time, and I was thinking this cannot be the same movie that people have been talking shit about for the past twenty years because mm-hmm. I have seen way worse that people have enjoyed or have just let, let, you know, cruise on by. Um, This is not bad. And to me, it also gave me benefit. So I can never hate a movie that gave us one of the best, most famous Hollywood couples to ever exist. And now we have them again. So it's a really a win-win situation for everybody. That's the legacy of Gigli. That is the legacy of, without Gigli, there would be no benefit. There would be without no benefit. There would be very little joy for me for the past two years because them getting back together has been a great source of entertainment and just enjoyment. Yeah, I forgot that happened. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. And Gary, why do you like it? Why do you why do you think it's good? Because I think that it is funny in spite of itself. Mm-hmm. It has some incredible performances from certain actors in there. The cameos are all right. delightful delightful cameos the and cameos though are around six minutes of a two-hour film right but Just it's to like throw that out there yeah sure well like people but have this, won this thing people is have long, won best supporting oscar it's a yeah. long slow lupita poor soundtrack mm-hmm. Lupi- thank poorly you. soundtracked uh plotting terrible film well then explain something to me if you just okay explain okay, to me ahead, I, I want because i'm gonna let you obviously you, you have yeah, yeah you i got a vote you, you have a vote but i, I just want to point out like with the cameos like so this movie uh-huh. overall mm-hmm. was a um was a real hit at the at the razzies uh it became right. the first film to sweep the six major categories oh, no. worst picture worst director <laughs> worst actor them. worst actress worst screenplay and worst screen couple but okay go ahead but christopher walken laney kazan al pacino while nominated did not win for worst 
That says something about the power of those performances that in a film that was roundly wrecked. They just they just they saved like, themselves. They didn't save the movie. Again, no, that's that's like maybe oh, you know what I'll give it to you. Seven minutes of the oh, film. Okay. This is a film that in the in the sort of smack dab middle of it just has someone slash very powerfully slash their wrists and get abandoned at a hospital. It's it's so mean-spirited to pretty much everyone in it. It is an absolute and utter failure at every like checkpoint of making a film. And and for that reason I love it. I, think I knew it's it. the best film <laughs> yes. we've watched on this show in the history of the show. I had a blast. This movie fucking sucks. It sucks the soul and life out of you until all you can do is laugh at every terrible decision being made. Every guest star that comes on is a gold mine. It's wildly quotable in its stupidity. I so love quotable. this film. I loved it. I am. I'm so glad that that is. I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. I, no, no, I no. really had a great time watching it twice for this. See, if you put it like that, I can agree with that. But right? it's, just, it's just an the shit disaster. I was laughing at probably was not the shit I was supposed to be laughing at. No, no, exactly. That's the best <laughs> exactly. that I like laughed at so much shit where I was like, why? Why would you like say jackass, that in right? this situation? It's like when you're watch, uh, watching uh, like Johnny Knoxville jump yes. off whatever and you're like, oh, why am I laughing at this? He, because he's in terrible pain. But that's just how we are. And it's part of movies being escapism. You Everyone know, is inept yes. from, from <laughs> the actor inside of the people, except J-Lo. Possibly. J-Lo is the exception. She's the exception to totally. the late cast. I'm giving J-Lo gives like really went in there and gave it her all. She did. And I appreciate that. And like, if there had been a way for her high tide to lift all the boats, I still think this thing would have sucked. It would have sucked worse if she wasn't good and they were all bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, sure. But it you was, again, it was but- just incredible. Like every scene I'm texting Gary, like what in blue fuck are these <laughs> people talking about? Why is it happening like this? Why did they walk up to a group of teenagers whose music was too loud and threaten to remove <laughs> their memories from them? Why was is that, she reading? That, I think she said a, she was going to take the past. The rip that takes the Zen past. Master like Thai poetry from a fucking anti-war activist and is also like threatening to use that style to rip someone's eye. I I don't know. But also she Why? was like. Oh, I trained a lot out there. Like she was just out there killing the people that lived there to master this technique. Yeah. She's just po- gouging out eyes. Yeah. I think that repeat. was just them. That's how they were flirting. That was their way of flirting. <laughs> personally. A- another terrible choice that just leaves me flabbergasted and exhausted and very happy. Just so happy. With this. <laughs> I'm so happy they made this. I'm so happy I got to watch it and never watch it again. And it's I also have incredible. to say that for at the at the Razzies, it was nominated for Worst Picture against the from Justin to Kelly. That yes. cannot be a better movie than this. That I, can't I, possibly I, be a better movie. I forget who was in that again. It was that American Idol movie with Justin Kelly Clarkson. Guarini and yeah. Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. And Kelly Clarkson. They they say that they hate the movie. Yeah. They didn't even want to make the movie. You're telling me that oh, the have... musical was better than Julie? No, absolutely not. You know what else was not what else was nominated that year that is worse than this movie? Uh The Cat in the Hat. Oh. Mike yeah. Myers. Oh, how did Man, they I beat fuck the with cat that. in the hat? 
fuck <laughs> was that one? That's the same year. We watched that. We watched that a couple episodes. Gary ago. could have used you a couple episodes ago. I might have been. I could have used you in my corner. Crushed that film. <laughs> you guys hated that so much. Oh man, the the guest was like, "This is the worst thing ever." I hate everyone in this film. <laughs> yeah, she. Nah, I think she I hated like that they had to do from Will and Grace as the fish. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as the fish and as the germaphobic boss. Yeah. Uh, all right. So in hour two of this podcast, we're going to talk about the cat. In the Let's hat. just talk about the cat in the hat again, because <laughs> there's that incredible scene uh, where he gets kicked in the nethers and he goes to a happy place and the happy place is him on a swing listening to li- listening to the Commodores. And it's like, I also want this happy place. It was perfect. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't talk about when uh, the dude got fired for shaking his hand. Yep. Fired. <laughs> fired. Fired. That was fucking what? terrible. Oh. Oh. Oh, man. You finally, finally figured out how to play this game. It only took you like a hundred rounds, but you finally figured it out. Well, you don't you, start with Gili, right? You don't start with Gili. I don't know, man. Sometimes you just need to like start with the nuclear option and see where the floor is set. Mm-hmm. Everyone has because their own if strategy. You, if we had started with Gili after Trimmers, you would have been second, right? Yeah. Trimmers to Gili would have mm-hmm. just been a phenomenal one-two punch. Not to say that what we've done hasn't been fun or, or good, but yeah, Geely is is a, an incredible pick. Yeah, when I was thinking of the the idea of what a good bad movie was, that's the sort of thing that stands out to me because I had seen it before. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably I think when it first came out on DVD, I, I got it from you no know, Netflix or or rented it some from a from a video store. Like mm-hmm. I was like, everyone hates this movie. I have to see why. Right. And I had, like, I think most Americans, I actually had very little information as to why this movie was bad. It's right. just this perennial joke among late night comics. I didn't know it was like, I thought it was just a comedy with no jokes. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize there was a gangster element to it, thin a veneer as it might have been. Yeah. Well, like, I always... didn't realize that it was like all monologues. <laughs> It's monologue time. <laughs> There's a lot of that. But I think it was like I came <laughs> so into that. So many monologues. I came into that film when I first watched it from the perspective of how bad could this actually be? Because I've right. seen so many bad movies. Right. Um, I was like, how bad could it actually be? And thinking about it in retrospect, as I was thinking of what we could watch this season, I had that one on the list. And I sort of said, like, okay, well, like, this to me is much like uh old dogs mm-hmm. this is like to me the perfect example of a good bad movie because it makes you ask all of the questions it makes you right. ask who is this movie for right how many people were involved in the making of this movie like how is this a first time director in this case it's like basically a first time writer almost you know it was I, but the the direct this guy having done a lot of movies that yeah. I, like that are respectable sure i mean it you is, want to talk about you want to talk about like a, a crime everly hills cop is a jam exactly a crime it's comedy a jam scent of a woman is like a beloved film 
I have not seen it in a long time and I get the feeling I'd be pretty annoyed with it. But at the time it came out, mm-hmm. total jam. That's the thing. Total jam. So it's like we're not dealing with like a rank amateur. I think a lot of times when yeah. we watch the shows, the the, the movies, the season, you know, yeah. we've dealt with a lot of first time directors. This guy broke our streak, if you will. Like yeah. we have with a lot of people who are like, this is they'd done some music videos or did right. shorts and then they were given like the chance to do a movie, right. maybe a movie that no one wanted to make. And they were like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm it's gonna, fascinating. I'm, I'm going to do this. And then it's like a nightmare. It's like, okay, it's truly well, fascinating how this, how south this really went. Yeah. Now, Gary, this, this doesn't change the fact that you have taken the opportunity of a bad movie battle and turn it into trying to make a personal hell for your boy. Oh, I don't know about that. You we just watched Sheely crushing me week after week with total garbage specifically meant to hurt me. And I know that. Oh, and I think the I think the fans know it too. Hmm. I think they know that you've you've been out here to hurt your boy. So I I got to do something to you might not like. Oh, see that's not okay. Eric. That that's 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 poor sportsmanship, especially since you're winning. You know we we've got a big episode coming up. It's my last pick. Mm-hmm. And I just I do want to make you squirm a little. And we talked about Ben Affleck's acting in this thing. Oh, we did, didn't we? We did. We sure and to did. me, the thing that he did the most, what it really felt like to me, was that he was kind of doing an Andrew Dice Clay impression. Like a really poor man's Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I guess that's like true. very yeah. manly, you know, like, I'm the man. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Little Miss Muffet, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, sure. So, my final pick is the only feature-length film oh, Jesus. starring <laughs> You're doing it. Andrew Dice Clay. Are you really doing this? It's entitled... Oh, I know. The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. <laughs> wow. You and, really... And I'm pretty sure it's going to get us canceled. You... I just got a room full of people, a Zoom full of people, uh-huh. to largely endorse... Gili, a film that is homophobic and uh, like oh you think that was homophobic au- mean to autistic people mean it's to women mean, yeah, like, yeah it was not, just, like, not kind of i women. got a whole room of people to go like oh that movie was all right uh-huh you just picked okay so andrew dice clay's movie here's the deal there is a clause involved in this a santa claus a santa claus Yes. Well, no, but Santa Claus too. It makes you happy. So sure. We can do the adventures of Ford Fairlane and you can know that's the thing. Or you can take what's inside the box. The box. Do you want to know? You don't want to know anything about the box. Just just give me the box. I want the box. We can't do Ford Ford Fairlane. Fairlane. Ford Fairlane is going to destroy this show. No, it is going to destroy the show. We, We can't. We can't. I was ready to destroy the show, but all right, I'll give you the box. The box. I just wanted to like test the floor. You know, I wanted to test the floor here. All right. To see if it could hold up the weight of this piece of shit pick. Okay. So you're ready saying it's a piece of shit. Gary, one of your favorite things in the world. What what are there what are your favorite things? Some of your favorites. 
Just um, name some things. Uh, sugar and spice and everything nice. Okay. Do you like rap music? Yes. This is a hip hop podcast, Jeff. I like. Do you rap. like it when rappers are portrayed on screen by actors at a really bad point of their prime? That's not a question I can answer. Anything Do you with. like when a rapper is sort of bossed around by a white lady? Well, that premise sounds pretty awful. Mm-hmm. Well, those are the premises we'll be dealing with in Damon Wayans and Lisa Kudrow's 2003 smash not hit comedy, Marcy X. Oh, fuck. Dude, what is with 2003? It's the worst year for movies. Gigli, Cat in it's the Hat. It's the worst year for movies. Oh my God, just so many. This is in that year too? This is what people thought was a, funny. A pampered daughter takes over a hardcore gangsta rap label. Gary, I've never seen this film. Nor have I. And I didn't know it existed until I was doing research for this show. And I've been sitting on this bomb for so long, believing in my heart that you also had it written down on your list. Oh, I did not. I mean, there's no way I win this episode. This movie's going to be truly unwatchable. But you're doing this on purpose because you're Because mad at me. what you've done to me over the past few weeks, with the exception possibly of Geely, and, and what I've given to you are unequal in weight. I haven't given you enough terrible films. Films that have no redeeming qualities like you've been doing to me. Well, I take exception to that. Yeah, well, of course you would. But you've been, you've been doing this for, for weeks, and it's time for you to pay the fucking piper, man. This being the, uh, your final pick of this season, and mm -hmm. uh, there still being another episode after that, which is my pick, I think uh, you've made a choice you might regret more than you realize. I think whatever I would have done, I would have regretted having done this with you. Well, we'll see just how much you can regret. It's the Cabbages Podcast Network. 